Hey, good morning, everybody. Hi. That's great. My name's Josh, as Daniel said, and uh, I'm happy to be here with you uh, this morning. Hey, uh, so today um, is actually also a launch of, of house churches, which you've heard about for a couple weeks, and uh, it's kind of cool to envision that for you guys. Uh, I've been part of a house church, although we have uh, not met for a while, but for a couple phases of our lives together, we walked alongside of each other and, uh, and did house church, but I... I, I have an extra special place for some members of my house church, and I'm going to invite one of them up here with me, and that's my daughter, Key. She was in my house church. That's pretty cool. So she can come up here, and if you wouldn't mind clapping for her, that'd be awesome. All right, so uh, something I love about house church is something we're going to do here. Hey, that's on. That's cool. You can hold that. All right, and, uh, and what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to read the scripture. And we're going to read the scripture for, our, for today, and, uh, and then we're going we're gonna to ask a few questions, uh, and we're going to use some hand motions for that. And one thing I love about house church is that these hand motions are really simple, and so they kind of are very kid-friendly, which is cool, but that's cool because I'm kind of like a big kid, so they're Josh-friendly too. And hopefully they're you-friendly, and even if you didn't get signed up, right, for house church, uh, or like don't kind of step into that, um, I hope that maybe... Uh, this could be something that you incorporate in your own, your own walk, your own walk with Scripture, and your own way that you encounter uh, the living God and His Spirit. And so we typically start, before we open Scripture, we pray, and we say, hey, God, how can, uh, or God, open our eyes. What do you want to say to us today? So I'll pray for us, and then we'll read the Scripture, and we'll take you through some hand motions. Cool? Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for this morning. Uh, I praise you for who you are, that you are the giver of life, of truth, and of grace. I pray that you'd open our eyes and our hearts, our ears, our minds uh, to what you have for us uh, as we open up your word, and so spirit work inside of us. We are open to you. What do you have for us? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, and so do you want to sit or not? I'll sit. We'll be like the same size then, kind of. That's cool. Okay. All right, here we go. So we're going to read back and forth a little bit, Psalm 18, verse 31. So if you want to flip there, that's cool. It'll be on the screen as well. Uh, and, and the first time through, we're reading out of uh, New Living Translation. Okay? So here we go. For who, for who is God except the Lord, who but our God is a solid rock? God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep from them from slipping. Good job. That's awesome. So what do we do first? What do we do? Where did our hand go? Come on. What do we do? What's the first hand motion? You forgot? Okay, I'll, I'll remind you. This is good. Thumbs up. Everybody go thumbs up. Come on. This is where we ask ourselves. And it's a simple thing, right? What, what's something we liked? What's something that was kind of cool about this? So I like this. Thumbs up, right? What was awesome? What's something that stood out to you that you thought was pretty neat? So Key, how about you share? What's one thing in here that you thought was pretty cool or pretty neat? Um, oh, hold, still hold that up. <laughs> what's one part um, that you really liked that god expects us to like help others and respect them okay 
Huh? That's cool. Let's take the thumb and let's go ahead and, and flip it upside down. Boom. There you go. Man, what's something that maybe you didn't like or it was weird or it was a struggle? It was kind of confusing maybe even, right? What was something that was kind of weird in here? Um, he makes me ash like a deer feeder. Say that again. <laughs> Say it. Um, what does he do? He like makes our feet like a deer. That is weird. Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's super weird. So Key and I, like, we were like, what in the world does that mean, right? So we were looking up deer in Israel and taking a look at them and trying to look like, oh, man, they look a little bit different than our deer. And we're like, oh, that's kind of funny. So right when David's writing this, he's writing about these deer. And they're, they're on kind of like rocky terrain and, and running around like they were sure-footed. They weren't slipping, right? They had good feet. Deer are pretty fast and they jump high. Okay, we did thumbs up, thumbs down. Put your hand, finger in the air. What's something we learn about God through this? What was something that you heard about God, a truth about God from this? Hmm. That's a good one. I know you told me before, a couple. Hmm. What's something? That or that? Oh, that one. Yeah. What's something you heard about God? He gives us strength to, like, um... Gives you strength? What, where has he given you strength? Like, what does that look like? Strength to um, protect ourselves from bad things that are coming around. That's cool. Protect us from bad things? That's really awesome. Good job, sweetie. And the last one, okay? Finger, go ahead and point it in, okay? And this is like, what is God saying to me? What is God saying to you? What, 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 what do we do about it, right? What do we take away? What does God want from us? Okay? What do you think God's telling you to do because of this? Or to think? What does he want you to remember? Um, he wants me to remember that he's always with me and he'll protect me and help me if I need help. Good job. Smile real big. Nice job. <laughs> that was awesome. Hey, thanks, sweetie. Love you. You can go back, okay? All right. Hey, I tell you what, just some, some truths like that that are just awesome, uh, and I love it. And that's a, that's a practice that at times has blown me away uh, with, with my daughters or just, just with myself and trying to ask myself four basic questions. And, uh, and so, I don't know, uh, it was a nice thing, and so thanks, thanks to Key for, for stepping up here. Uh, I typically right, ask myself those, those last questions, the in questions, right? Uh, two things, and I know uh, Britain at times has challenged me this too. What is God saying to you, right? And what are you going to do about it? And I love those two kind of last questions for the in. Um, and so uh, a couple weeks ago when, when, uh, when we were working through Psalm 18 already, and then we flipped to, to verse 31, or I did because I knew that this day was coming, uh, I, was, I was open to that and asking, God, what, what do you want to say to me? And, and what am I going to do about it? And uh, for about a week, uh, or the first couple times I read through it at least, I couldn't get past verse 31a, or at least the first half of verse 31. All right, doesn't that happen sometimes? Maybe you read just one thing and you're just like stuck on it. And so if you go back to the beginning here, I want to read it one more time. And I want you to ask yourselves, like, what's, what's God saying to you? Right? Uh, what are things that maybe, right, you might stand out to you, might confuse you, might remind you about who God is? Or might be speaking to you. What is God saying to you? So let's read it one more time. Just a different version this time. For who is God besides the Lord? 
And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You give me your shield of victory, and your right hand sustains me. You stoop down and make me great. You broaden the path beneath me so that my ankles do not turn. Maybe there's something for you, right? I hope there is. So that first part, right? Who is, what, what does it say? What does it say if you read this? Uh, who, is, who is God except the Lord? My wife and, and I and our, our daughters, actually my daughter Novi put a raffle ticket in and won a raffle the other day. And we won a little coffee-like gift card, which is cool uh, for my wife. I don't like coffee. But we also won a mug. And on the mug, it said, with coffee, anything is possible. <laughs> I feel that sometimes. Like, and I'm like, that's kind of... Interesting, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. And I'm like, but, but do we often make other things God? Right? Do we fall prey to that? Who else is God except the Lord? Like, who is that, right? And people historically have fallen, fallen for this, right? The Israelites, right? Hey, the idols can be God, right? Or if my food can be my God. If, if I know what tomorrow is going to bring, that'll be my God, right? Not the Lord, other things. Or maybe his disciples, too. Being the greatest. The pride of being the greatest. That will be my God, right? Or swords will be my God, right? Peter's drawing a sword right there when Jesus is going to be taken away. And, like, that will be my God, um, right? The, uh, me, myself, right? The confidence in, in my own abilities, my own strength. That'll be my God. Or security might be my God, right? What, what's, what's God except, except the Lord? Nobody. Nothing. And we fall prey to that. And it was a reminder for me, it was a reminder for me of who God is, yes, but also what he wants from me. is to say, hey, he is the one Lord, he is the true Lord, he is the only one that is true and faithful and that is forever. Not those other elements. Yeah, I know I'm in good company, or bad company, I guess, struggling through that sometimes and needing that reminder. And so that first half of verse, man, that reminded me. And, I, and again, I loved reading it and it ministered to me. So maybe what about you? If you read on, it, it, it goes into that reminder, right? Verse 32 through 36 starts to say all the ways that he is the source, right? That he is the source, that he, listen to this, he arms, God arms, God enables, he strengthens, his hand supports. I know we've been going through this for a while, uh, uh, Psalm 18, and we've heard testimonies of this, and it's been a beautiful thing to hear testimonies of people standing in victory and saying, hey, he has enabled, he has strengthened, he has done this, right? And David's speaking from that standpoint too, right? He's speaking praise because he can point back and say, he has done this, he has delivered me. He has, uh, through repentance from, from my sin, given me mercy through Saul's armies hunting me down, and I have not perished, right? He's given me mercy, and now I'm giving praise. I'm giving, like, abounding praise and saying, you have done this, you have done this, right? Pointing to him as the source. David himself is not the source, right? His strength, his military capabilities, uh, his wisdom. No, he's saying, you, you have done it for me. So he's turning me back to that and asking me to do that too. 
And so he has overflowing praise and recognition of the source. But how often do we forget? Right? Maybe how, how easy is that to forget? Because maybe you look at a place of victory, you look or you hear a testimony. David's is a testimony that we're reading, right? A, a, a song of praise. You hear testimonies from the past couple of weeks. Uh, you watch gold medalists in the Olympics. You see all these victorious moments. And yet that's not the reality for you. I know over the past couple of weeks, right, that's, that's been, uh, it, it's been so encouraging to hear these testimonies, so encouraging to hear the words of David. But it's also been hard. It's also been hard a little bit. Because maybe my reality isn't that reality right now. I mean, my reality doesn't look victorious or feel victorious. David's in a place of victory, but maybe we're not right now. But wait a second. Go ahead and flip to 1 Corinthians 15. This is one of my favorite scriptures, one of the best reminders. I'm actually going to back it up even a, a couple verses before 56, which is what I might be on the screen. I'm going to start with verse 54. It says, When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But listen to this. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where do you stand, Moran Park? Like, where do you stand? It's easy to forget. It's easy to look at circumstances, look what is seen. But the Bible reminds us, no, put your faith in what is unseen. Trust in what is unseen. And that is victory through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what we get to celebrate this morning, and I love that. And for me, who's forgetful, who might point to other gods other than the Lord, who might need this reminder, I love that God ministered to me through, this ver- through these verses and said, no, you are in victory. You do stand in victory. And that's a reminder, possibly, that you needed to hear too. Now, victory does not mean an end to challenges. And so that's an important thing too, right? You might think, okay, uh, I'm victory good, Josh, thanks. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's over, right? David, still beyond this point of victory, and there's, there's some discussion of like when he wrote this, maybe early in his life, but he's reflecting on it in old age as well and, and kind of saying these these. these praise, kind of remembering things. But in the midst of that, between being saved from the, the armies that were hunting him down that we've heard about for the past couple of weeks, all the way till his old age, he had other trials too. I mean, his son turned on him. There was a rebellion against him. Uh, his son died. Like, those are trials. Those are humongous things. And yet still, he's able to look back and say, hey, he has given me strength. He has been the one who's enabled me to to come through. He has been the source through all of that. I often talk about, uh, uh, there's different challenges in my life, right? But right now it seems to be that like parenting is one of those big ones. Uh, it's a challenge, right? I, I often equate it to like, it's a roller coaster and a balancing act all at once. It's like if you like stood on a roller coaster, like it'd be double scary. Uh, that's kind of what it feels like. Like sometimes it's really like awesome and exhilarating, but so it's hard, right? It's hard too. And, uh, and there's other things, maybe, maybe for you, that are, that are challenging to you, right? That your reality of what you see right now, what you see today, what you woke up with this morning does not match this place of victory that David is proclaiming. And it's my hope to you that regardless of that, you can maybe remember this truth, right? 
that no temptation, no challenge, no trial has seized you except what's common, what has already happened, what is commonplace, what Jesus has taken on himself. No temptation has seized you except what's common to man. And when you are tempted, because you will be, you you will walk through challenges or trials, you will face that. God will sustain you. God will be the source. He will give you what you need so you can stand up under it. That is a truth to cling to. And that's not one that you might feel right now or know right now. Or when you hear other testimonies of victory, when you read this point of praise, you might not be there, but I hope you can still proclaim it. Because it's true. Because it's true. I have somebody who I talked to this week who I respect uh, and have grown to, grown to love and, and we played basketball together in a, in a fun basketball league team. It was kind of fun. We were the Slitherdor Raven Puffs. Get that for a name. I've never even read Harry Potter, so I had no clue what I was getting myself into, right? That's funny. Uh, but anyhow, uh, Ryan, I'm going to call Ryan up here because he talked about this uh, kind of maybe challenges of, of, of trials and also uh, uh, victory. And, that, and yet, kind of where are you at with the next trial? And so Ryan's coming up here, and we can clap for Ryan. Come on. So before, before he goes, his, his last moment as a Slitherdor Ravenpuff was when we were ousted in the first round of the playoffs. Sounds like a big deal, but everybody made the playoffs. Um, he took a charge with like two and a half minutes left, and we're down like 12. He's still sacrificing his body. I loved it. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, anyway, Ryan, what, what, I asked Ryan to read uh, Psalm 18, and specifically this part, and like what stood out to you? How, how has God reminded you of a truth that you've experienced in your life? And I I loved when I was able to hear uh, you reflect on this too, so thanks. Yeah, so um, my wife and I were uh, originally from the South Bend area. Uh, we lived there for about 10 years, and uh, we were called to Holland. At least I was called to Holland. Um, and I don't know if you guys have went through this type of uh, experience where you have a little bit of a difference of direction at, at times. Um, and so I, you know, my first thought was, okay, well, I'll just tell my wife. We're moving to Holland. <laughs> that doesn't work that all, all that well sometimes. <laughs> so my next step was, okay, that's not going to work so well. God, you need to tell her we're moving to Holland. <laughs> and so um, God did. He was faithful. Um, but it still wasn't easy. I think uh, the thing that, that stuck out to me the most when I was reading through this was that um, the, the comfortable life, I don't know if we have anybody else in here that's lived the comfortable life where it's like, I'm good right where I'm at. It's not always the best life. Um, so the first thing that, um, uh, the first thing that, that I felt like God was, was telling me in this was, well, actually, I heard it from a, 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 an old-time pastor. He said, um, he said, people that don't, don't live by the Spirit are missing out on all the fun. And at that point in time, it didn't sound fun at all to move to Holland. Not, no, no offense to anybody here, but that's where we were at the time. And so um, God eventually made it really clear to my wife as well, and we're going to move. But it was a little bit of a war, um, not between my wife and I, but just emotionally, spiritually, it was a little bit of a war. Um, it didn't make any sense to us. You know, I was basically moving for a job that I didn't like, um, and... We were moving to a place that we didn't know anybody. Uh, we had family and friends and church and all that stuff that we get comfortable with. But God still called us. 
And so um, the verse that stuck out to me in, in chapter 18 is verse 34. I don't know if you can get it up there. If not, I can pull it up. 34 says, He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. What's interesting is, like, you know, um, we don't necessarily know exactly when this was written, but we know that David had already slayed Goliath. Like, that's a pretty big deal, right? After slaying Goliath, you probably would think you'd be pretty good at war, right? Um, he's probably already in other wars as well. But he's saying, he trains my hands for battle. One of the, what I got from this was um, God training us for battle looks different than maybe an army general training us for battle. Maybe an army general uh, training us for battle is going to be all about weapons and, and combat and all this stuff. I think God's training us for battle is about how can I get through this battle with peace? How can I get through this battle with rest and allow the Lord to handle the battle for me? That's awesome. The second part says, my arms can bend a bow of bronze. And I had no idea what this meant when I, when I read it. I just thought, this is one of those silly verses in the Old Testament. <laughs> and so... So I started, I started researching, and I realized he's basically just saying I could bend a bow of steel, uh, essentially, meaning something that would take superhuman strength to be able to do. And so what I took from that is, number one, God's going to show me how to do battle his way, and then he's going to give me the supernatural power and strength and peace and joy to actually walk it out. That's awesome. I love it. I have, uh, yeah, just one more question. Some of this stood out to me. I know uh, you, some of these concepts, and David's in this point of kind of war and now reflecting on it from a place of victory, and, and I know you and your wife are stepping into a new challenge, a next phase, and, yeah. and, uh, and you talked about just, like, how are you facing that? How are you facing this next, uh, yeah. this next challenge? Yeah, so two and a half years ago when, he called, when, when God called me um, and then eventually called my wife to Holland, we knew what we were coming for, um, like I said, but we didn't want to come. Once we got here and we started living out what God was calling us to do, we saw all the blessing in following, uh, following his lead. And so uh, here recently, God's called us again to do something else, to go to a, diff a different direction. And this time it was completely different. And this is where, you know, my, um, when I look at verse 34, I think of God's grace. Um, I like the definition of God's grace as being God's ability in us. So it's when we take a step back and he can work through us. Um, and what's been interesting is that when I was in comfortable zone, I had all these things that I thought were great. Once I got out of comfortable zone and I got into God's calling, all these other things have just been multiplied in abundance. And um, so through that, you know, um, Romans says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? I think sometimes faith comes by living and living by the direction of God. Um, and so we've seen God's direction working in our lives and we're living it out. And so this time is completely different, which is awesome. Because this time God called us and specifically gave me a word. And my wife said, awesome. All right, let's pray about this more. Let's figure this out. Is there still challenges? Sure. you got to figure out where you want to live and, and, and uh, which God has given us direction on and uh, what house to buy and all this kind of stuff. But 
it's awesome because God is faithful. And when you know that God is faithful and you live that out, um, you can trust him. Sweet. That's cool. Come on. Thanks, buddy. I love it. I love it. I know, uh, again, I've been, I've been blessed by, uh, right, Kel and Hope and Maria and, right, Ryan, just like hearing testimonies of, of again, what, what's, what's God saying to you? What are we learning about God? What do we remember? What do we need to proclaim about his truth? And, uh, and so thanks, Ryan, for sharing. Um, I want to I throw, actually, a picture up on the screen, because I can't get away from you without doing a little history lesson, right? Uh, so this is good. Uh, I, got a, I got a history lesson and a, and, a, and a verse that might go along with it. Uh, so this is kind of a fun picture. Uh, three of those are my daughters. One is not. Just try and pick. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the one who's, who's not is a reenactor, and you might be able to see the picture over her shoulder, right? Uh, the $40,000 reward. Um, uh, over her life, uh, the bounty out for her life. Uh, maybe you can see the name. Anybody see it? Harry Tubman, right? Anyway, you might just be able to tell by who, how she looks, too. Uh, this was at the library just this past week, and it reminded me of, uh, of kind of just one other truth. Um, Harriet Tubman, if you don't know anything about her, um, got to a place of, of victory, I would say. She grew up in slavery, and she got to tell that story. Huh. That'll make me cry. Uh, shoot. Um, she got to place a victory in 1848. She actually equated her first sense of freedom. She looked at her hands and she looked at the trees around her and she said that they seemed to glimmer like gold. And she said, I must be in heaven. It's 1848, and that's, that's not necessarily what she's known for. She's known for what she did next. Right? What she did next with victory was what I think the next verse in 1 Corinthians tells us. If you flip back to 1 Corinthians 15, it just told us this. Therefore, my dear... Uh, sorry, it just told me, but thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. What she did was she turned around she went back. Right? She went back. 19 times, they say, right? 19 times, based on her records and the records of others, saving or liberating, freeing from bondage over 300 individuals. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. She used her place of victory to then turn and say, hey, how can I have others experience victory too? Experience heaven too? Experience freedom too? When Jesus first stepped into his ministry, right, he spoke of that freedom, and he invited us in to that victory, that life, that kingdom type of vision. And he said, hey, this is what this kingdom vision is. And he was quoting from Isaiah. And he said, hey, it's to bring freedom to the oppressed. It's to bring liberation, right, to the, to the enslaved. It's to bring a hope to the poor. It's to bring sight to the blind. And it's here now. Victory is here. The kingdom is here. Life is here. Oh, man, I hope that as we can remind each other of these victories, the victory that we do live in, that we can also spur one another on. Because just like that roller coaster analogy I said earlier, some of us might be down here, some of us might be up here enjoying the ride. And if one of us can speak to another one of us and remind ourselves, hey, we're living in victory right now. We're living in victory. Maybe that's something, that's the reminder that we need to say, yes, and I'm going to join the kingdom. I'm going to go back into the war right now. 
and I'm going to proclaim his name in it and during it, not just afterwards when I can look back, but even in the midst of these trials and chaos, because I know that there's a truth that's bigger and deeper and stronger than anything I'm facing right now or anything that I can see. Possibly the, uh, oh, oh, here you go. I got to throw a quote in there. So Harriet Tubman quote, right? So she said this as she was, uh, this is kind of from her uh, memoirs. I always told God, I'm going to hold steady on you and you've got to see me through. I love that, right? How are you going to hold steady on God? Oh man, I love it. Here's, a, here's maybe a final wrap up or encouragement. If we could flip back to uh, Psalm 18 and you can join me if you want to there or just look on the screen. Verse 35, I want to read one more time. And in the New Living Translation, it says this, right in the middle of verse 35. It says, your help has made me great. Your help has made me great. Um, Help, and this is something that actually Ryan pointed out to me too, can translate as gentleness. I want the word to be one that reminds you that God is gentle as well. He's gentle when it comes to repentance. He was gentle to David in the midst of his need for repentance. I know he was gentle to me. He's gentle when we take steps and we need to trust him. He's gentle in his calling toward us. And he's gentle in his way he encourages or reminds us. Last night, last night I was reminded in a pretty cool, simple way, um, heading into this, maybe this is a final word for you too. Sometimes we get prophetic words, like just messages, things for you guys to hear. Um, I don't think this was intentional, but this came from my daughter, and it was good for me. Um, So maybe it's good for you. And God's just been reminding me of it. So I think he wanted to say it to somebody. Uh, I read a book with my youngest daughter, Tiana, last night. She actually came crying out. So she said, Daddy, you forgot to kiss me. And she's like crying. I'm like, shoot. (laughs) Yeah. So she reminded me. And then then she's like, and you told me you were going to read a story to me. Man, I fail. Twice. Dad fail. Uh, so whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went in there, right? And she, she picked the story. And bless her heart, she picked a short one, right? And it was called I Love You This Much. And it was one of those, like, kind of like Good Night Moon. It's like that short. Maybe you've read it. It's about two bunnies, right? Um, <laughs> you're the dweebs. This is good. Uh, it's about two bunnies. And they're basically saying how they love each other so much. And they're like, it's like a back and forth. And the last line is, I love you to the moon and back, right? So I, I tuck her in, I kiss her, and I think I'm being cute. So I say the last line to her. I say, Titi, I love you to the moon and back. And she looks at me and she says, Daddy, I, oh man. <laughs> I love you to your heart. That's pretty cool. And uh, I know that God wants to say that to you. That's the kind of gentleness that he has. That's how personal he is. Whether you're standing in victory or you're going through war, God loves you and sees you to your heart. That's so awesome, right? Let's go ahead and pray. Lord God, thank you. We praise you. Oh, from the depths of our souls, we praise you that you are a God of mercy, 
of grace, that you are the rock, that you are the one and only Lord, that you strengthen us, that you enable us, that you sustain us. Lord, I pray for those here. We pray for the Slauskas family that joined us as well through Skype. And uh, we pray for those around us that, that need reminders of that sustenance, that you are the source of truth and life and hope. And we thank you for calling us into that life, a life of fullness, a life of grace, a life of gentleness, a life of hope into your kingdom. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to step into a time of communion. And man, I love this. I didn't know we were going to do that until uh, after kind of God started talking to me through the, uh, through the psalm. And, uh, and so uh, communion servers, can you kind of come up to your spots? That'd be great. And I'm going to talk through some logistics and then, uh, then kind of just speak one more word of encouragement, hopefully. All right, communion will work like this, right? There's some spots in the front, some in the back, at least one up in the balcony and one over in the cafe area. There are two spots to be mindful of. Uh, there's a gluten-free spot that's over here to my left where I'm pointing, and there's also uh, that spot and the spot in the back that has apple juice. Uh, uh, out of respect for, for those of you who uh, need a different taste. Uh, so, um, so there's two spots that have that as well, okay? And it, it, it will be a, a come-as-you're-ready type thing while we're worshiping uh, to create space for you uh, to, to process and to come up um, and to, to take communion. I want to uh, tell you, when Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, told his disciples, he looked at them, and he probably said, I love you to the heart. And he said, remember, because they need reminders too. Remember, Whenever you take of this bread, that it's my body that was broken for you. Whenever you take of this cup, that it was my blood that was shed for you. There will be challenges, but I'm the source of all life. And he welcomes us into that. So come, all things are ready.